ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so now in kitab at-tawhid we've reached the chapter the chapter, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ And upon Allah put your trust and your dependence, if indeed you are believers. So this chapter is about the issue of your trust, your dependence, your reliance, upon whom should it be and how should it be. So it will discuss how a believer puts his trust in Allah, and his dependence in Allah. The Shaykh says, مُنَاسَبَةُ هَذَا الْبَابِ لِكِتَابِ التَّوْحِيدِ أَنَّهُ لَمَّا كَانَ التَّوَكُّلُ عَلَى اللَّهِ عِبَادَةً لِلَّهِ عِزَّ وَجَلُ وَجَبَ إِخْلَاصُهُ لِلَّهِ وَتَرْكَ التَّوَكُّلْ عَلَى مَنْ سَوَى That trusting and dependence is an act of worship. Trusting and depending in Allah is an act of worship. Therefore, a person must be sincere in his trust in Allah and in his dependence in Allah. An individual must be sincere upon that. And he must abandon having trust and dependence and reliance in others besides Allah. لِأَنَّ الْعِبَادَةِ حَقٌّ لِلَّهِ because worship is a right of Allah. فَإِذَا صُرِفَتْ لِغَيْرِهِ صَارَ ذَلِكَ شِرْكًا And if any worship is redirected to others besides Allah, then it becomes shirk. فَالتَّوَكُّلْ عَلَى غَيْرِ اللَّهِ شِرْكٍ Therefore dependence and trust in others besides Allah is a form of shirk. So this ayah, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ This ayah is in Surah Al-Ma'idah. And it is talking about the story of Musa alayhi salam. When it is mentioned that he said to his people, يَا قَوْمِ دُخُلُوا الْأَرْضَ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ When Musa alayhi salam said to his people, O people, enter into the sacred land, meaning Palestine. Enter into the sacred land. لِيُخَلِّصُوهَا مِنَ الْوَثَنِيِّينَ لِأَنَّهَا كَانَتْ بِيَدِ الْوَثَنِيِّينَ At the time of Musa alayhi salam, Palestine was under the control of the idol worshippers. It was under the control of the idol worshippers at that time. So Musa alayhi salam said to his people, Enter into the sacred land in order that they may Call to the da'wah and remove that shirk and the idol worship. But when he said that to them, وَمُوسَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ أُمِرَ بِالْجِهَادِ لِنَشْرِ التَّوْحِيدِ وَمُحَارَبَةِ الشِّرْكُ الْكُفْرِ بِاللَّهِ وَتَخْلِيصِ الْأَمَاكِنِ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ مِنْ قَبْضَةِ الْوَثَنِيِّينَ وَهَذَا مِنْ أَغْرَاضِ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ So they were commanded to go in to Palestine. Musa salam, Moses and those who were with him, they were commanded to go into Palestine at that time and to rid the land of the worship of idols. 
When this occurred, when Musa alayhi salam said to his people, enter into that sacred land, enter into that sacred land to remove the idol worship and the shirk that they are upon. And that is what they had been commanded to do, to go and enter into that land. التي كتب الله لكم That land which Allah has written for you لأن الله كتب أن المساجد والأراضي المقدسة للمؤمنين Because Allah has written that the sacred lands are for the Muslims So it is mentioned in the Quran that Musa alayhi salam said to his people regarding entering into that place However his people they responded Musa alayhi salam خَرَجَ بِبَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ يُرِيدُ تَخْلِيصُ بَيْتِ الْمُقَدَّسِ Musa alayhi salam went with the children of Israel, those who were with him, in order to go and cleanse that area of the worship of idols. لَكِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ كَانُوا قَوْمًا جُبَنَا As for the children of Israel, then they were upon cowardice. And so they said, قَالُوا يَا مُوسَىٰ إِنَّ فِيهَا قَوْمًا جَبَّارِينَ They said, O oh Musa, within that land, within Palestine of that time, they said within it are very mighty people. There are very mighty people in there, in that land. يُقَالْ كَانَ فِيهَا And it is said, it is mentioned in the history, it is said, that at that time in the land of Palestine, at the time of Musa salam, the nation that used to live in Palestine, they were physically huge individuals. Their nation, their race, they were huge giants. The way their physical build was that particular race of people who used to live in the land of Palestine at the time of Musa salam. So it is mentioned they used to be كَانَ فِيهَا حِينَ ذَاكَ قَبِيلَةً يُقَالُ لَهَا الْعَمَالِيقِ كَانُوا شِدَادًا فِي خَلْقِهِمْ أَقْوِيَاءً They used to be this tribe, this group of people, this uh, nation of people living in Palestine known as the Amaliq, which basically means the giants. They were large and strong in their physical build the way they were. So the people said to Musa alayhi salam, Bani Israel said to him, that indeed within that land are a very mighty people. They are very mighty. وَإِنَّا لَنَّدُخُلَهَا حَتَّى يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا And we will not enter into that land until they leave. When they leave and if they exit, then we'll go in. But we're not going to go in as long as those powerful individuals are in that land. Because they feared. Feared being beaten and defeated by those powerful mighty individuals and killed by them. So they refused and they said, we will not go in there. Until those mighty men or mighty people exit, then we'll go in. But otherwise we're not going in. Then it's mentioned in the Quran in this story, قَالَ رَجُلَانِ That two from amongst them, two of the men from amongst them said, يَعْنِي مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ From the children of Israel, from those who were with Musa alayhi salam, two of them said, two of the ones, مِنَ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ Two of the ones who feared Allah. Two from amongst them who feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah had blessed them with iman. أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمَا Allah had blessed them with iman. These two individuals from amongst them. 
And they were fearful of Allah. So these two individuals, they said, when all of the rest were saying, we're not going to go in because they're too mighty, too powerful, two of them said, They said, go and enter upon the door into them. Go and enter in upon them. Meaning, get yourselves together and go in and show them your strength. Go in upon them and enter in through their gates of their land and go together united and show them your strength and power. فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمُوهُ فَإِنَّكُمْ غَالِبُونَ And if you enter, you will be successful. You will overwhelm them, you'll overcome them. لَا شَكَّ أَنَّهُ إِذَا حَصَلَ هُجُومٌ صَحِيحٌ وَدَخَلَ الْمُجَاهِدُونَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْبَابِ أَنَّهُ سَيَقَعُ الرَّعْبُ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ وَيَخْرُجُونَ مِنْهَا The Shaykh says, no doubt, if all of them, they together went in through the gates and entered into their land, then when they see this huge attack coming, even if they are powerful and strong, they will be taken back by this. And some fear will enter into their hearts that this huge army has come into our land. لَكِنْ هَذَا لَا يَكُونُ إِلَّا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْإِيمَانُ وَأَهْلِ الصِّدْقِ وَالْعَزِيمَةِ وَالْبَأْسِ However, this type of affair does not occur except for the people of Iman, the people of sincerity, the people of truth, and the people of firm resoluteness, Al-Azimah. كَمَا فِي رِجَالِ مُحَمَّدِ سَأَسَلَّمْ أَلَّذِينَ كَانُوا يُجَاهِدُونَ وَيَهْجَمُونَ عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ وَيَقْتَحِمُونَ الْأَبْوَابِ وَيَخَاطِرُونَ بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Just like the men of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who had that truth, that iman, that sincerity, and they would go and open and con- uh, perform the conquests. وَأَيْضًا فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَكْفِي دُخُولَ الْبَابِ But on top of that though, it wasn't just enough to go and enter in through the gates. The two men said, be united, be together, go enter in through the gates and show your offensive. Show them your strength. But that alone wouldn't have been enough. What was required on top is what the ayah then says, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Go and enter in upon them and... Put your trust in Allah if indeed you are believers. فَهَذَا لَا يَحْصُلُ إِلَّا بِالْعَزِيمَةِ الصَّادِقَةِ وَلِقْدَامِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَتَقْدِيمُ النَّفْسِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَعَ التَّوَقُّلِ عَلَى اللَّهِ So this does not occur except for the one who has that firm resoluteness, that sincerity, and he puts himself forth in the path of Allah. مَعَ التَّوَقُّلِ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَعَدَمَ الْإِعْتِمَادِ عَلَى الْقُوَّةِ and to have your trust in Allah and not to be dependent upon your strength. Your strength, your power, no matter how much you have, you don't rely upon that and depend upon that. You rely and depend upon Allah. بَلْ يَعْتَمِدَ عَلَى اللَّهِ مَعَ الْأَخْذِ بِالْقُوَّةِ الْمُنَاسِبَةِ Rather you put your trust in Allah and then of course take the necessary means. Your power, your strength, what you have, that is the means. But the reality of your trust and dependence is in Allah. وَهَذَا مَحَلُّ الشَّاهِدْ مِنَ الْآيَةِ حَيْثُ قَدَّمَ الْمَعْمُولِ وَهُوَ الْجَارُ الْمَجْرُورِ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ وَأَخَّرَ الْعَامِلِ وَهُوَ تَوَكَّلُوا مِمَّا يُفِيدُ الْحَصْرِ أَيْ تَوَكَّلُوا عَلَى اللَّهِ وَلَا تَتَوَكَّلُوا عَلَى غَيْرِهِ So the ayah, the way that it has been mentioned, by saying, upon Allah put your trust. 
upon Allah put your trust. And it does not say, put your trust in Allah. Upon Allah put your trust. By phrasing it this way, in Arabic it indicates a restriction of the meaning. Restriction of the meaning to what? I.e. put your trust in Allah alone and do not put it in anything else, anyone else besides Allah. Put your full trust and dependence in Allah. فَفِيهِ وُجُوبُ إِخْلَاصِ التَّوَكُّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَأَنَّهُ سَبَبٌ مِنْ أَسْبَابِ النَّصْرِ عَلَى الْأَعْدَاءِ مِثْلُ قَوْلِهِ وَإِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ قدم المعمول وأخر العامل أصله نعبدك ونستعين بك لكن قدم المعمول وهو الضمير المنفصل إياك في الموضعين على العامل نعبد ونستعين ليفيد الحصر أي لا نعبد إلا إياك ولا نستعين بغيرك وهذا هو الإخلاص والتوحيد So by phrasing it in that way saying Upon Allah we put our trust by mentioning upon Allah first, then it indicates a restriction of that trust and that dependence being purely in Allah and not to anyone else besides Allah. Just like in the Fatiha when you say, <laughs> You alone we worship. And you alone we seek aid and assistance from. By saying, You alone first, you alone we worship, instead of we worship you alone, by saying you alone we worship in that order, then it indicates again the restriction of all worship purely to Allah alone, and not to anyone else besides Allah. Then the next ayah the Shaykh mentions upon this issue of trust and dependence in Allah. وَقَوْلُهُ إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ Indeed the believers are those, indeed the believers are only those, whom when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ أي إذا خوفوا بالله خافوا وإذا ذكروا بالله تذكروا. These individuals mentioned in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, the believers in reality are who, the ones who, if you mention to them Allah, then they remember Allah, and if you tell them about having fear of Allah. You warn them regarding the punishment of Allah, the might and majesty of Allah, then they fear Allah. They fear Allah and they have an understanding and a remembrance of Allah. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ خَافُوا مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَأَشْفَقُوا مِنْ عَذَابِهِ And if you say to them, fear Allah, then in reality the fear comes into them and they recollect and they remember the great severity and the punishment of Allah. So the fear in reality comes to them. وَإِذَا وُعِذُوا ذُكِّرُوا وَإِذَا وُعِذُوا وَذُكِّرُوا فَإِنَّهُمْ يَخْشَوْنَ اللَّهِ And when they are given admonition and they are reminded, then in reality they feel that. And they feel the fear. And they get the admonition in their hearts. They are the true believers. These are the true believers, the ones who have that iman in their hearts. That when Allah is mentioned, then they remember and they ponder and they think. 
And when it is said to them, fear Allah, then in reality it strikes their heart and they remember the severe punishment of Allah and the might and majesty of Allah and it causes their heart to tremble. They are the true believers. When they are reminded of Allah, they remember. When they are admonished, they take admonition. As for the ones, بِخِلَافِ الَّذِينَ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِيهِمْ As for the ones whom Allah mentioned regarding them, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ اتَّقِ اللَّهَ أَخَذَتْهُ الْعِزَّةُ بِالْإِذْرِ The ones whom it is said to them, fear Allah, instead their, their arrogance and their emotions overcome them and they fall into sin and they don't take that remembrance and they don't take heed and admonition. وَقَوْلُهُ وَإِذَا ذُكِّرُوا لَا يَذْكُرُونَ And Allah said in the Qur'an regarding them, when they are reminded, they don't remember. They are given admonition and they don't take admonition. وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى سَيَذَّكَّرُ مَنْ يَخْشَى وَيَتَجَنَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَى الَّذِي يَصْلَى النَّارَ الْكُبْرَى وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ All of these ayat are mentioning this issue of those people who are given admonition regarding Allah. They are reminded of Allah, yet they do not take admonition. It is as if it enters from one ear and exits from the other. And they do not ponder over that and remember their Lord and fear. They don't have that. It goes and it exits and they feel no fear nor do their hearts tremble, then those individuals are in opposition to the true believers. Because the believer benefits from the reminder and takes admonition. As Allah said, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind them, because indeed the reminders benefit the believers. The reminders benefit the believers. فَإِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ يَنْتَفِعُ بِالْمَوْعِضَةِ وَالتَّذْكِيرِ a believer benefits from admonition and reminders. وَيَخَافُ مِنَ اللَّهِ And he fears Allah. إِذَا ذُكِّرَ بِهِ وَخُوِّثَ بِهِ If he is reminded of Allah, and he is reminded of the might and majesty of Allah, and the great punishment of Allah, then he fears. وَهَذِهِ عَلَامَةُ الْإِيمَانِ And this is the sign of true iman. This is an indicator that the individual is upon iman. أَمَّا الْمُنَافِقِ فَهُوَ وَإِنِ اِدَّعَ الْإِيمَانِ فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا ذُكِّرَ بِاللَّهِ ازْدَادَ عُتُوًّا وَنُفُورًا وَازْدَادَ طُغْيَانًا فَتَأْخُذَهُ الْعِزَّةُ بِالْإِثْمِ As for the munafiqoon, as for the hypocrites, those individuals when they are reminded of Allah, when the hypocrites are reminded of Allah and they are given admonition, that only increases them in their fleeing from the religion. They do not want to be upon Islam. They are not upon Islam. They are only upon nifaq, hypocrisy. So when you give them admonition, it doesn't impact upon them and they don't take that admonition. They are only further going away from the reality. They are further going away from Islam. They are upon their kufr in their hearts. So that disbelievers, the munafiqeen, do not take admonition when you remind them of Allah. But the true believer, a sign of his iman is that he takes admonition, and he remembers and he fears when he is reminded of Allah. And that's why in the Quran it mentions, وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ imana. When the ayat of Allah are recited upon them, it increases them in iman.
When the ayat of Allah are recited upon them, it increases them in iman. So this is a sign of iman. أن المؤمن إذا تليت عليه آيات الله وسمع القرآن يزيد إيمانه ويقينه. That a believer, when the ayat of the Qur'an are recited upon him, and he listens to the Qur'an, then his iman increases, and his yaqeen, his certainty in the religion, his sincerity, it all increases. وَيَنْتَفِعُ بِالْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ And so he benefits from listening and hearing and understanding the Qur'an. خِلَافَ munafiq, And that is in opposition to the hypocrites. They do not take admonition, nor do they benefit from that. فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا تُلِيَ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنَ يَسْتَفِيدُ مِنْهُ شَيْئًا The munafiqeen, when the Qur'an is recited to them, they do not benefit from it. It is mentioned, Allah said in the Qur'an, وَإِذَا مَا أُنزِلَتْ سُورَةٌ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ أَيُّكُمْ زَادَتْهُ هَذِهِ إِمَانًا That when a surah is revealed, when a surah of the Qur'an is revealed, then from amongst them, there are those who say, Who from amongst you your iman has increased? فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَزَادَتْهُمْ إِمَانًا وَهُمْ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ So as for the ones who are the true believers, for them the iman has increased and they take glad tidings from this. Their iman does increase. And as for the ones who have a disease in their hearts, وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٍ فَزَادَتْهُمْ رِجْسًا إِلَىٰ رِجْسِهِمْ وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ كَافِرُونَ As for those who are upon disbelief, they are upon illness and disease in their hearts, then it only increases them upon their, upon their uh, waywardness, upon their, their degradation, upon their evil. It only increases them upon that impurity, and it does not bring them upon iman, increasing them upon iman. And they die, as Allah says, upon kufr. So in this ayah, it shows very clearly, when the ayat of Allah are revealed, when the chapters of the Qur'an are revealed, some of them they say, who from amongst you, your iman has gone up, due to this chapter of the Qur'an. As for the believers, Allah says, their iman increases. And as for those who are upon hypocrisy, then it does not at all. Instead, they decrease into their sinning and their wrongdoing further. So then it mentions here, after mentioning that ayah, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ That indeed the believers, if they are reminded of Allah, their hearts tremble. Then it mentions, وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And upon their Lord, they put their trust. عَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ Again here, it is mentioned in the same order. Upon their Lord, they put their trust. Rather than saying, they put their trust in their Lord. Upon their Lord, they put their trust. Phrasing it in that way indicates restriction again. That they put their trust purely upon their Lord only and no one else besides Allah. By phrasing it in that way, it indicates that restriction. Then we have the statement, قوله, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ حَسْبُكَ اللَّهِ O Prophet, Allah will suffice you. Allah is enough for you. Allah will suffice you. And what is this? This is mentioned. In the Qur'an here, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasbuka yani kafika. Allah is enough for you, Allah will suffice you. You do not require to depend or trust or rely upon others. Purely your trust in Allah, Allah is enough for you. وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And similarly, those who follow you from the believers, those who follow you and are upon your pathway from the believers, then حَسْبَكَ Enough for you, sufficient for you. حَسْبُكَ Allah, Allah is enough and sufficient for you. فَإِذَا كَانَ حَسْبُكَ اللَّهِ فَيَجِبُ التَّوَكُّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ So if that is what Allah is telling us, that Allah is enough for you, completely. You do not require to go anywhere else. Therefore, a person must put his pure trust and dependence in Allah. If Allah has already told us that He is enough for us, sufficient for us, we do not require to go elsewhere at all. Allah will take care of all of the affairs of the servant. Allah controls all of the affairs of the servant. Allah is the mighty and the majestic. So the individual therefore realizes that all of his trust needs to be in Allah, not to go elsewhere at all. لأنه يكفي من توكل عليه كما في الآية التي بعدها وهي قوله ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه Whomsoever puts, puts his trust in Allah then Allah is enough for him Allah will suffice him for his affairs Allah will suffice him for his needs Whomsoever puts his trust in Allah then Allah will suffice him أما من لم يتوكل على الله as for the one who does not put his trust in Allah, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَكِلُهُ إِلَى مَنْ اعْتَمَدَ عَلَيْهِ Then Allah will leave that person to go and trust and put his dependence in whoever he put his dependence in. Allah will leave him to his own devices with that other person. Because the other person, will he be able to do anything for him? Nothing. So Allah puts that person to his own misery. He put his trust and dependence in others besides Allah, so Allah leaves him to go with that other person and he'll get nothing from him. So it mentions here that whomsoever puts his trust in others besides Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves that person to his own devices and those other things that he's putting his trust in and he'll get nothing from them at all. Then also we have the narration of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah qal, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Sufficient for us is Allah and the best of protectors. Enough and sufficient for us is Allah, and the best of protectors is Allah. This particular ayah, it is mentioned that Ibrahim alayhi salam said it, When? When he was thrown into the fire. As the narrations they mention, the Quran it mentions, Ibrahim alayhi salam smashed the idols of the mushrikeen. When they came back and they saw all of them smashed except the large one, one of them said, or the mushrikeen began to say, that we've heard of a young man by the name of Ibrahim. He was speaking ill of our idols. So they bring him and they put him in front of the people and the debate occurs. And then afterwards when they have nothing else to say, they say, aid your gods, build a fire and throw him into it. So they built a large fire, and when he was cast into it, this is what he mentioned, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ That Allah is sufficient, 
and the best of protectors. And that will be mentioned here in more detail as it comes. This was also mentioned on another occasion. Who else said this? Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil. Huh? Correct. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when? When did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say this? Is it when he hid from the mushrikeen when they were uh, chasing him? It is mentioned that when the mushrikeen were gathering their army to come and attack the Muslims, and the Prophet ﷺ was told that they are gathering their army to come, as the ayah in the Quran says, Indeed, the people they have gathered, their masses against you, so fear them. Instead, in the Quran it says, the Muslims didn't fear, فَزَادَهُمْ imana. Instead, their iman increased. They were told that the kuffar are gathering their army to come and attack you and to finish you off. So fear them. فَخْشَوْهُمْ Instead they did not fear. Rather, as the ayah in the Quran says, their iman increased. And the Prophet ﷺ said, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ Allah is sufficient for us and the best of protectors. Whether they are gathering their army or not, Allah is the best of protectors. Allah is sufficient for us. So it is mentioned on that occasion too, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this. So Ibrahim ﷺ and Muhammad ﷺ, both of them in the most difficult of situations. Ibrahim ﷺ being cast into the fire. Muhammad ﷺ having a huge army of the kuffar coming to attack. Both very difficult situations. They said, indeed Allah is sufficient for us and He is the best of protectors. وَهَكَذَا الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عِنْدَ تَأَزُّمِ الْأُمُورِ And this is how the prophets were all. Every time, any time the difficulty overcame them, the hardship engulfed them, then their trust would be in Allah completely. Their trust would be in Allah completely, no matter how difficult the situation looked upon them. وَلَا يَلْجَأُونَ إِلَّا إِلَيْهِ And they would not return to anyone except Allah. They would not resort to anyone else besides Allah. وَتَزِيدُ رَغْبَتُهُمْ فِي اللَّهِ عِنْدَ الشَّدَائِتِ And their hope in Allah, it would increase, their trust in Allah would increase at the time of those difficulties. وَيُحْسِنُونَ ظَنَّ بِاللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ دَائِمًا وَأَبَدًا And they always have the good thoughts, the good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their trust in Allah, and that Allah would aid them. فَالْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَأَتْبَاعُهُمْ لَا يَعْتَمِدُونَ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ So the prophets and their followers do not depend upon anyone else besides Allah. خُصُوصًا عِنْدَ الْمَضَائِقِ وَتَأَزُّمِ الْأُمُورِ Particularly when it becomes very strenuous, difficult situations, the armies are coming to attack you, other affairs occurring. In those times of difficulty especially, and generally as well, their trust would always be completely in Allah. And they would submit to Allah and they would be uh, uh, in submission to their Creator, knowing that their trust and dependence is in Him completely, and that He is the Protector. So with regards to Ibrahim salam, like we said, uh, when he was sent to the land of Babel, and they used to be worshippers of idols, and then when he broke the idols, 
they made the fire and they cast him into the fire. And when they were going to cast him into the fire, uh, Allah mentions in the Quran that it was said to the fire, "Kuni bardan wa salama ala Ibrahim." Be cold and sound upon Ibrahim. So Ibrahim alayhi salam was not harmed by that. But it's mentioned at that time, in this time of severity, that Ibrahim alayhi salam mentioned, Hasbun Allahu ni'mal wakil. It is enough for us. Allah is sufficient for us and the best of protectors. So he did not need to put his trust in others besides Allah. He put his trust completely in Allah. And in reality, Allah aided him and the fire was made cold. Similarly, the Prophet ﷺ, as we mentioned, when the kuffar were gathering their army, when they were gathering their army to come and attack, and this was after the battle of Badr. After the battle of Badr, the mushrikeen wanted revenge. So they were gathering their army to come back and to defeat the Muslims. And so it was said to the Prophet ﷺ, they are gathering their army to come and attack you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah is sufficient for us and the best of protectors. So uh, that was not something which decreased them in trust or dependence. Rather, it was something which increased them in their trust and in their dependence. Uh, here the Shaykh he mentions the story of what occurred at that time. After the battle of Badr, when some of the main leaders of the mushrikeen were killed, the mushrikeen in Mecca, under the leadership of Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, had some discussions to decide what move to make next. They had been defeated in Badr. Their main leaders, some of them killed. So then it's mentioned Abu Sufyan ibn Harb and the other mushrikeen, they were discussing what should be done. What should be the next move with regards to the Muslims? وَأَرَادُوا غَزْوَ Rasulullah And they wanted to attack. They wanted to go and attack and take revenge for the deaths of their leaders in the battle of Badr. They wanted to take revenge for their fathers who had been killed in the battle of Badr. For their wealth which had been lost in the battle of Badr, taken. So they got together under the leadership of Abu Sufyan ibn Harb. And they came with a huge army. With large armies. Not just one army, but large battalions of armies they came with. And they came and they camped up at Uhud, which is just on the boundaries on the outskirts of Medina. They came and they camped up there. And that is a mountain, Uhud, to the north of Medina. So then the Prophet also discussed with his companions what should be done. Shall we stay here, allow them to come? Let them come and attack and we'll defend from here? Or shall we go out to them? And meet them there at Uhud and deal with the affair from there. So then it's mentioned that in the end, the Prophet ﷺ, his opinion was leaning towards staying in Medina. Letting the kuffar come to them. It's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ, his opinion was leaning towards staying in Medina and letting them come. Let them come from Uhud and enter into the center of Medina. When they come, then the ensuing battle can take place. However, however, the companions, particularly the companions who had missed out on Badr, as Sahaba al-Ladina lam yahduru Badr, 
نَدِمُ نَدَامَ شَدِيدَ وَعَزَمُ عَلَى وَسَلَّمْ أَنْ يَخْرُجَ إِلَيْهِمْ The ones who had missed out on Badr, they had an absolute firm decision in their hearts. They wanted the Prophet ﷺ to go out. And they were saying to the Prophet ﷺ, let us go out. Let's go out and face them there and deal with it from there. They were the ones who had missed Badr. So they had a great regret for not having been able to participate in Badr previously. So now they didn't want to miss out the opportunity. They wanted to go out and meet them. So they were saying to the Prophet ﷺ, let us go out there, let us meet them at the uh, place of Uhud. So they said, let us go out, just like the Muslims went out to Badr in the previous one. We missed that. We missed the great virtue of that. So now let us catch up that virtue and let us go out to them. So in the end, the Prophet ﷺ agreed with them. And they went out. خَرَجَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مَعَهُ they all went out towards Uhud. It's mentioned in the books of Sirah that Abdullah ibn Ubay, who was the munafiq, the hypocrite, Abdullah ibn Ubay. It's mentioned that as they were heading towards Uhud, the Prophet ﷺ and the army of the Muslims and these munafiqeen in amongst them, as they were heading towards Uhud, it's mentioned Abdullah ibn Ubay and a group of the munafiqeen with him turned around and fled turned around and fled and they, and they left. And they didn't carry on with the Muslims. They betrayed them, they turned around and they fled. فَخَرَجَ But the remainder of the Muslims, the believers with the Prophet ﷺ went. And they got to Uhud. When they got to Uhud, the Prophet ﷺ organized his army. And he made a group of them to go and stand on the smaller mountain next to Uhud as archers. And they would cover the Muslims from behind. As the battle occurs, they did not want to be attacked from behind. So the archers were put up onto the hill to guard their backs. If any of the mushrikeen tried to come in behind Uhud from behind them, then they would be able to hit them with the arrows and prevent their entrance from that side. So they were put onto that hill to guard the backs to ensure that no kuffar come in from behind to attack. And they were told to remain upon the mountain. They were told to remain upon the mountain. So then the battle it began. The battle it began and the Muslims won. The battle began and the Muslims won. And they started to collect the war booty. So when the mushrikeen had fled and the Muslims had won and they were collecting the war booty, the Muslims, the group of them who were on the hill, they saw that the battle has finished. The mushrikeen have fled. Our brothers are collecting the war booty. So they said we should go down. Let's participate collecting the war booty. Now the battle is finished. However, their leader, Abdullah ibn Jubair, he said to them, we've been given the command. The Prophet ﷺ said, لَا تَتْرُكُ الْجَبَلَ سَوَاءً انْتَصَرْنَا أَهُزِمْنَا Don't leave this mountain, whether we win or lose. You stay on this position. He told them that, that we should stay here. However, the rest of them made their ijtihad. They made an ijtihad. They said, yes, we were given the command to stay here. But now it's over anyway. The whole battle is finished. The mushrikeen, they've run away. They fled. The Muslims are picking up all the wubuti. It's over. So they made an ijtihad. They made an ijtihad. They said, it's over. Everything's done. The mushrikeen have gone. Khalas, we can go down now. So they made the ijtihad and went. However, it's mentioned Abdullah ibn Jubair. He refused. He said, no. The Prophet said, stay, whatever. So even though you're right, the battle is finished, the mushrikeen have gone, I'm going to stay. 
So he stayed, but the remainder made the ijtihad, and they said, it's over, so let's go. So the remainder went. When they descended, and they went, so now there were no more archers left, there was no group of them guarding that angle. Khalid ibn al-Walid, and he at that time wasn't Muslim yet. Khalid ibn al-Walid and the battle of Uhud was still with the mushrikeen at that time. When he saw that the archers have gone down, and he was known to be a very uh, strong battle man, to be a very strong warman, and he knew of the tactics of war and battle and all these, uh, these affairs. So when he saw that the archers have gone, he, it is mentioned, came around with a group, a battalion of horsemen. A battalion, a group of horsemen. A group of the horsemen, a battalion of the horsemen, they came back around, when they saw in the distance that they've come down the archers now, they came back around from behind the mountain, and from that angle of behind the backs of the Muslims. And they attacked again. They attacked from behind, and the Muslims didn't realize that they've come back around, and they've come with this battalion with the horsemen, and they attacked again, and the battle began again then. Then the other mushrikeen started to come back again, and the battle started again. So when the battle started again, that's when some of the Muslims, they were uh, uh, the calamity befell them, that the mushrikeen began to attack again, and some of the Muslims were killed. أَصَابَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مَا أَصَابَهُمْ مِنَ الْقَرْحِ وَاسْتُشْهِدَ مِنْهُمْ سَبْعُونَ Seventy of the companions were martyred uh, in that occasion then. At the head of them, Hamza, the son of Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of the Prophet wasallam. He was also killed on that time. And it's mentioned that even the Prophet ﷺ himself was injured. After Khalid ibn Walid came back and the battle started again, it's mentioned how the Prophet ﷺ was hit on the face. And that his helmet had a huge dent in it. And that his tooth it broke when he was hit on the face. And he fell into a, into a, 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 a hole in the ground, a pit. He fell into a type of hole into the ground. And the mushrikeen started to say, we've killed him. We've killed the Prophet ﷺ. And the news started to spread that they've killed the Prophet ﷺ. After he was hit and his tooth was broken and he fell into this ditch. And the news began to spread that he's been killed. And so this was a great calamity when the Muslims started to hear this. That the Prophet ﷺ has been killed. فَأَصَابَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مُصِيبَ عَظِيمًا لَكِنْ أَهْلُ الْإِيمَانِ لَا يَتَغَيِّرْ مَوْقِفُهُمْ وَلَا يَتَزَحْزَحْ أَبَدًا مَهْمَا بَلَغَ الْأَمْرِ وَلَا تَضْعُفُ عَزِيمَتُهُمْ اِجْتَمَعُوا حَوْلَ وَسَلَّمْ يَذَبُّونَ عَنْهُ But the Muslims, it doesn't mean that their iman it decreased or they weakened. They got together around the Prophet ﷺ and they began to defend him and they began to fight again and to protect the Prophet ﷺ and the battle it continued uh, and then in the end when the battle finished, the announcement was made and it became known that the Prophet ﷺ hasn't actually been killed. So the Muslims were greatly pleased with that news and the kuffar, the mushrikeen were greatly angered when they heard that actually the Prophet ﷺ survived. He hadn't died when he was hit and fall, fell into the ditch. So in the end then, when the battle finished again, the second time, the kuffar, they retreated back to Mecca and the uh, Muslims, they buried the martyrs uh, uh, and uh, it's mentioned when they were burying the martyrs in Uhud that in a single grave they would perhaps put two or three people into a single grave due to the many numbers who were killed 70 of the companions killed in that one occasion 
So some graves, two or three of them were being put into the same grave. وَلِضَعْفِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي هَذِي الْحَالَةِ And because the Muslims at that time were now in a bit of weakness, after that battle and after the difficulties of the battle, so they couldn't dig up all of the graves, so they were burying two or three into one grave, and because there were so many to bury. So then, when they arrived, the Muslims got back to Medina, after this battle now, a representative came from Abu Sufyan, from the Mushrikeen. A representative came from them, a messenger. And he said to the Muslims that our leader Abu Sufyan is saying, he's gonna get ready and he's coming back straight away. He's preparing right now, he's coming back again. Again he's going to come back and attack. He's preparing now. That he's preparing now, he's gonna come back. He's already killed 70 of your men. They are preparing, they are gonna return right now and finish the rest of you off. They are preparing a great army, they're preparing the others now. They're going to come back and finish you off. So when this was said to the Muslims, it was not the case that they faltered or they became weak. Instead, when they heard this news, it is mentioned the Prophet ﷺ, instead of being fearful, he said to them, let's exit. Let's exit out to them. So they exited out. The kuffar were expecting that the Muslims would be in fear now. The kuffar, they've killed 70 of their companions, injured the Prophet ﷺ. So now they send a message, we're coming back. We're going to finish you off. When this message came, the mushrikeen were expecting the Muslims would be in fear. Instead, the Prophet ﷺ, when he heard the message, he said to the Muslims, come. And they went out. And they started heading towards them, towards the mushrikeen. And when they got to a place called Humra al-Asad, a place outside of Medina close by, they got to there and they stopped there waiting for the mushrikeen. When this news got to Abu Sufyan, that the Muslims, instead of being fearful, we've told them we're gathering our army and coming back to finish them off, they've actually got their army and they've come out to meet us again, showing that they have no fear at all. When this news reached Abu Sufyan, then the mushrikeen, they were the ones whose hearts filled with fear. They were the ones who became fearful now. They said, how can this be? We killed 70 of their men, we injured the Prophet ﷺ, we fell into the ditch. Now we're telling them we're going to come and finish you off, and instead they've come out to attack us. So then the fear came into them, they realized that the Muslims don't, they're not afraid. And the Muslims are not uh, worried regarding their threats. So they are the ones who then became fearful, and they went back to uh, Mecca, and they didn't come, they fled back to Mecca. And the Muslims came back to Medina safe and sound. So that was regarding that incident. And this was when the Prophet ﷺ made that statement that Allah is sufficient for us. Allah is sufficient for us and He is the best of protectors. And this is how the believers are to be. That the believers put their trust and dependence in Allah and they do not become weak. They do not become weak in their hearts and lose hope. And inshallah ta'ala, that's where we'll conclude today and we'll carry on next week with the next chapter. Uh, which is talking about the planning of Allah, the decree of Allah, that you should never feel safe and think that you're safe and secure. Always be upon making dua to Allah, asking for firmness. Never think you're safe and secure. You're a person of tawheed, you're safe. Rather, always be making dua and asking Allah to keep you firm. That is what we'll discuss next week in the chapter, inshaAllah. So we'll conclude upon that today. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.